You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, and I am here to get the dialogue going. So it has been a very long week, <laughs> and I am glad to um, kind of just pop in here and kind of get this done for you guys. I really like podcasting. I have loved being able to show up and have this conversation with you, whether it's um, solo on my own or with my guests, but I just love having the conversation. And you guys are coming over to Instagram, you are reaching out to me, and you're letting me know that you're hearing me and we're talking, and that's the entire point. So for all of that, I say thank you. So um, today, this is actually going to be an interview. It will be myself along with the Stacey Harris. Um, I have done a podcast um, with Stacey on her uh, podcast, Hit the Mic Backstage. Uh, well, Hit the Mic. Hit the Mic Backstage is a group that I'm in with her. I love Stacey, but I'll talk about that uh, elsewhere. But um, I did her podcast a few months back, and we have really good dialogue. So I'm ex- extremely excited to have her back. And we're talking about voting with your dollars. Stacy is one of the people that I know that is very adamant about this. And she'll talk about how people that know her know how adamant she is about it. It is a part of her identity. And she takes very seriously using her money to stand behind her beliefs, her values, the things that she supports, and not using it where she does not support um, what a business stands for. You know, it could be a big ethics thing, or it could just be simply that you're service sucks. So, um, but she brings up very important points in the sense that when you begin to talk about your values, your beliefs, and you begin to step into things like allyship, a part of that, that you can do on a daily basis to really stand squarely in that is to vote with your dollars, where you choose to get your coffee, where you choose to get your groceries, where you choose to go to dinner after work, um, you know, where you're getting your supplies for your house, what your supply chain looks like for your business. So this shows in a lot of different parts of your life. And I think that it's very easy to forget how easy it is to 
inadvertently support things that you don't mean to and how easy it can be to support the things that you do stand for simply by choosing different outlets to supply your money with. And so uh, I can go on and on about this, but I really want you to hear this dialogue and to hear how we have this conversation. So without further ado, all righty, ladies and gentlemen, I am back, and today I have with me Stacey Harris of The Stacey Harris and Uncommonly More. She is my social media strategist and guru to everything that you need to know online, how to make yourself fabulous in that space. Hello, Stacey. Hi, Erica. I re- <laughs> that's the best intro ever. I'm just going to write <laughs> down and make every podcast host I go on their show introduce me that way. <laughs> it's all it's better true. than my bio, let me tell you. <laughs> all true so we've talked a lot about this in that you are very vocal about voting with your dollars (laughs) and vocal (laughs) (laughs) because i think that it's very easy for people to um just think it's kind of a thing but for you people that know you are like oh yeah stacy's not going to do xyz because you know how she is like this Mm -hmm. is a thing for you it is a thing with my friends, yes. Like, legit, Stacy won't go there because they X, Y, Z, and she won't buy their stuff, or she won't eat at the restaurant, <laughs> or whatever. There are places. <laughs> it is no, I'm not, I'm not quiet about it. Um, yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. It's, it's a thing. <laughs> but I think that that's good because that means that you are aware of where you're putting your money. But even for the friends that are saying that, then it now brings awareness to them about where Mm -hmm. you will or won't go. So things that they may or may not have paid any attention to, it's like, why is she not going there now? And it's like, oh, I don't want to go there either. Or, Mm -hmm. "Mm, okay, I need to consider whether or not I want to do that anymore. It's like a non-annoying, passive-aggressive nudge for them to be aware of what's happening in the world. (laughs) I love that phrase. (laughs) And It's strange because I am in no way (laughs) passive-aggressive. No, you are not. I'm, I'm, I'm fully like actively aggressive, not passively aggressive. Um, it's true though. Like I'm a big believer that uh, money makes the world go around, and the way we impact businesses and politicians and the people around us to do things better uh, is to put our money in it and to to invest in the world we want and not necessarily spend on the world we have. Um, And voting with my dollar lets me do that. Well, and when you said the investing, like that word is important. And I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't always understand that you're not always just buying a thing or a service. You are investing in, in a person or a mindset or a stance and it's easy for people to just think, oh, I just ordered something from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I, I order from Amazon, so that's one of my struggles. But you're regularly, you're, I'll be honest. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, voting with my dollars does not mean that I'm not like at Target and on Amazon and like. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, an, it's an imperfect thing. And that's the whole, oh, yeah. you know, but, but at least in understanding it, you know, if you go on and you, you buy something, you know, like I've seen enough things to know that sadly part of the allure of amazon is the low prices but that means that they've undercut things so low that Mm -hmm. sometimes these suppliers and i've seen it a lot with um like writers you can't sell it anywhere else and you're kind of stuck 
So Mm -hmm. it's, it's just kind of having that awareness around it, but there's a lot of places that you can vote with your dollars and you don't even always realize it, even when it comes to just finding the local restaurant versus the chain. Right. You know, but what, what comes up around it is, is that there's voting with your dollars in the sense of retail, which is a big thing. And there will actually be very soon coming up if it isn't already live by the time you guys hear this, um, voting with your dollars um, opt in for our um, email list. And what that does is it gives you options for businesses that are going to be good places for you to vote with your dollars based on different things. It could be that it's a minority owned business. It could be who they give back to. It could be their ethics around things like, you know, maternity leave or um, highlighting and using models of different ethnicities, sizes, ages, um, abilities, things like that, and how they showcase their products. So there's a lot of different ways that that can happen. So that is coming. Um, But the other side that comes up for me, and it's come up a lot lately, is how people are so quick to vote with their dollars when it comes to their allyship by going to a third world country, taking these selfies with these kids. By the way, I want to kick you in the throat when I see them online. Um, And you're taking all your money offshore when there is money that is necessary right here. Yeah. It needs to be here. And it's so easy to outsource that emotional labor because you can go there and see it and come back to your bubble and you're fine. Mm -hmm. And people don't always even consider that, you know, there are things that you take for granted, but, you know, five miles, 10 miles, 20 miles in pretty much any direction, do you know that that's the case for everyone? And I think maybe people do have more awareness around that and they don't do that because then they don't want to have to really look at it. I don't know. It's interesting to me. And so this has come up in a lot of different ways. So I've long, long for a long time been a believer in, in again, investing in my community. Um, I'm very community driven online and offline. And I like, um, I like knowing that I have an impact in my neighbor's life and I don't mean the neighbors and my, like literally the people who live next door because generally I don't want to talk to my actual neighbors, but the people who live in city, <laughs> um, because I, you know, so what, what springs to mind is a story. So at the beginning of this school year, um, so I live in Southern California, Los Angeles Unified School District, the teachers were on strike and it came out that like these the, these kids are like 40 and 50 kids to a classroom we're talking about like schools with no nurses and no librarians and although i'm upset about the librarian i'm real upset about the fact there's not a nurse yeah. i mean i'm talking about classrooms with more students than desks or books um let's not just get in even to the to like the fundamental maintenance of these buildings and safety of them like there's just literally not a place for a kid to sit and I live in Irvine, California, which is a very affluent neighborhood in a very affluent city. And it's like, I don't know, number two happiest city to live in in the country. So that tells you a little bit about it socioeconomically, right? So my kid never has to worry about those things. And I remember talking to a mom of another kid in my class and they were like, oh, well, that's, that's all the way, it's all the way in LA. It's not our problem. And I'm like, but these are the same women who want to the kids to all donate pictures to this 
foundation to raise money for quilts for kids in wherever. But they're not concerned with the fact that 45 minutes away, there are kids with no desks. Mm-hmm. In one of the largest cities in the country. <laughs> and not, I mean, Los Angeles, not a, you know, low income city overall. Like, there's a big discrepancy. There's not a lot of middle. Right. Um, but there's a lot of money in the city of Los Angeles. Um, and it, it, it was so interesting to me to hear, <laughs> to, to hear this dichotomy of like, really impassioned about helping people who who live in these far-off lands but who aren't all that worried about essentially their neighbors people who share the same same state with us and i see it a lot with um with online entrepreneurs who want to build in a give back uh component to their business and it's building schools or digging wells and i'm personally i'm probably not ever going to be like well that's not good because you're trying like you're at the end of the day you're trying to do a good thing and i'm absolutely cool with that but i don't like it being there at the sacrifice of being able to do something else for me i always always donate local um a because i also vote with my dollars for nonprofit organizations i like knowing how they're being run and where the money is going um personally uh but also like again, I want to help my neighbors. I want to help the people who, who are, live right here. And I think you're exactly right when you say it's easy for us to hide in this idea that we're helping these people far away. And because we're able to help them, there's nothing actually wrong here. And that's not true. The, the reality of the situation is we have a massive homelessness problem. We have a lot of hungry people in this country, and most of them are kids. Um, you know, these are the, it always baffles me when I see people writing big checks to um, no kid hungry and, and those kind of charities, but then voting against the um, free lunch program at the elementary right. schools. <laughs> there can't, you, you can't have it both ways. No. And I won't say that I never donate overseas. I'm a huge, huge fan of Kiva loans. I do them regularly. Um, they are a no brainer sort of like, thing that we do and we have a goal inside of my businesses to donate to do a loan to every country a, a woman-owned business in every country in the uh on kiva because i don't think all countries in the world are on kiva um and so again it's not either or it's right. and for me but too often we're seeing it be either or well and i think that it can absolutely be an and but i think what happens is it's too easy to outsource it all and to not have to actually look at it and somehow that disconnect, it, it, it doesn't paint an accurate picture when you think, oh, I've done so much because I sent, you know, these girls in this faraway land to school. But the children that are right here that are going to go into the workforce, that you're going to be pissed off, messed up your latte at Starbucks, they can't get anything. Yeah. Like literally, like this is the next generation going into the workforce. And when they don't get things, guess what? We're going to be the ones complaining about stuff. But if you don't do anything about it and you are okay to not support them, but you wanted to go support someone else somewhere else, and it doesn't mean that they didn't need it. But if you have a house full of hungry children and there's a house down the street with hungry children, well, do you not feed your children? 
and then go feed that house? No, you feed your house first. Take care of home. Take care of home. And it again, it just feels like people don't want to do it because it doesn't give the epic selfie that you can put online. It doesn't give this look at how awesome I am, you know, performance of your allyship that you can, you know, immortalize in your feed. And so it's like, oh, well, that's nowhere near as much fun. Why would I want to do that? It's interesting to me because I don't ever talk about my own charitable, whatever, like my, that kind of stuff. So the selfie thing is really interesting to me. I will say though, that I want to believe that talking about this stuff and building this awareness and using our voice around the causes we care about, whatever the causes may be, is really, really valuable, but it's got to be given in context. And so like when I talk about voting with my dollar via, you know, where I donated with nonprofits or where I spend it in for-profit companies or even whether or not I will use it on company or use it with companies who have a give back component, because personally I don't think every give back component is actually any good. Um, True. I, for me, it's about looking at like, what's the, what's the larger impact here in discussing this? You know, we talked about sort of at the beginning this being a long running joke with some friends and I, about me voting with my dollars and not going to XYZ store because I don't support um, maybe how they treat their employees or maybe where they spend their money or maybe um, the kind of products they carry or whatever that thing is. And it has at some point been all of those things. But again, that discussion is so important. And so maybe what it is, is looking at where can those of us who are spending some time donating locally and, and let me just caveat this by saying it doesn't just have to be money because yes. I think a lot of times also we think, oh, well, it's so – because here's the, here's the reality is it's a lot cheaper to donate money overseas because yeah. a lot of these third world countries, my $5 donation goes further than it does to the youth program down the street. Right. And so you can feel like you're making a bigger impact. Well, but and I think – no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Where can we talk more about the impacts financially or otherwise that spending time and investing in our own community has on all of us? You know, selfishly, I like to give back locally because I get to see the results of it. When I donate to a... Um, you know, a domestic violence shelter here in Southern California, I get to hear stories of the women who find their way through that. And I get to hear stories of their kids going to school and being excited and growing up and doing these things that maybe weren't going to be an option. Right. If they'd stayed in the situation they were in. Selfishly, I get to see that. And that's really cool. And so maybe if we start talking, maybe it's not about just, you know, sort of looking at where can we, we shuttle this money, but like where can we see what the impact is for all of us when we do this stuff in our neighborhood? You know, the same people who are complaining about, you know, the homeless guy at the end of the freeway. Well, you know what gets the homeless guy off the end of the freeway? <laughs> Let's give him a house. Let's give him a job. 
Correct. Let's, let's make a change there. It impacts all of our lives. Well, and I think that, I think that there are some people that do it because they want the accolades. So that's where you can get some of the kind of, you know, posting vomit of just doing too much because they want the accolades. They want the pat on the back, the, Oh, you're such a good person, that validation. But I think that with someone like you, that you're, you're not putting it out there because the validation isn't what you're doing it for that. That part doesn't matter. Um, I think that while that part is important because that speaks to the fact that the purpose and the intent is authentic. The other side of it is that that's where you have people not understanding how important it is to do this. Why seeing this is so important to see it local versus I'm only going to show this if this makes me feel better because I flew and went and did this big thing. Like what does it look like to do it and it's it's really coming from a, a truly altruistic place, but yet you still want it to be understood that this is what you do, this is why you do it, and this is why it's so important. Absolutely. Just trying to find that kind of happy medium there. But yeah, it's very easy for it to be one of those things where you don't talk about it. and But then people... I don't know. I don't know if maybe people don't understand how important it is to do things here. I think that it's very understood from all the things that you see online, that you see um, on television, the commercials of giving to the, like when I was a kid, it was the like, it was the just three cents a day, you know, we'll give this little girl clean water and all these kinds, like you would be bombarded with those commercials Mm -hmm. watching TV and so there's a lot of that. And, and now you'll get a lot with, you know, animals and things like that. But I think that it's very easy for people to get lost in that whole, yeah, I'm going to send this money to be, you know, again, shipping, in my opinion, shipping that emotional labor overseas. But it's like, but what about here? Have we done what we needed to here yet? Because it's really easy to just do that and feel like you checked your block. But what have you done right here where you live? How have you contributed to the place that you call home? The same place that you'll talk about has all of these problems and is terrible in all of these ways, but you haven't done anything. I also think though that, you know, there is a, A, there's a marketing component. They have made it easy for me to feel like I solved a problem. And the problems at home, you know, always seem harder to solve. You know, think about like, like your literal home. Mm-hmm. Fixing my hot water heater seems a lot more stressful than talking to my friend about their hot water heater. True. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, it seems more insurmountable. And I think that oftentimes we can get what we need to get from sending our three cents a day or whatever, then really looking at what is it going to take to turn this boat around? (laughs) What is it going to take to see a change in our neighborhood? And I think also we, we, especially here in the States are so often bombarded with these smaller, less known nonprofits being super skeezy and scammy. Yes. And it's hard to say, well, how, like, is this worth my time? Is this worth 
you know, is there going to be value in this money for someone or is this a scam? And so it can be easier to look at these large organizations and being like, well, this is a large, a large organization. So clearly I can trust it, which is a not always true. Mm -mm. Um, but, but it allows us to be like, okay, well, this is a safe place. This, they're going to have a real impact. Right. And also giving somebody clean water versus giving somebody on your street corner a sandwich, it feels massive. You're like, I have changed their life. Whereas when you give somebody a sandwich, you're like, well, that then, and they ate the sandwich and now here we are in problem land again. You know what I mean? Right. So that there, there are, it's understandable how people end up in that place. And like I said, for, for sure, there are times where I donate to places overseas, but my priority, my, those, are, those are donations after I've made sort of my baseline. And I think also that box used to be filled once upon a time in our society by tithing to the church. And I don't, I don't know if people still do that. I'm, I'm not a religious person. I don't go to church. Um, but that was how we felt like we were investing in our community locally because it was, it, everybody did it back in the day, right? That's a really good point. A, that was a thing. As a thing. That's not as no. much a thing. No. A, I, I, we're a much more multi-religious country. Yes. And one day our government will reflect that. Um, <laughs> but also, we're making steps. Um, but also like the way churches are, are different now. Like now a lot of the churches are these big commercial conglomerates too. And so you're tithing to this big commercial thing. It's, I remember going to church as a kid because I was raised religiously. I remember going to church as a kid and I remember this guy got laid off. It's funny, I told the story the other day. This guy got laid off a couple days before, um, like a week or so before Christmas. And so he wasn't going to be able to afford Christmas for his kids. So everybody in the church came together, put together Christmas dinner, got the kids gifts and took it to the family. Mm-hmm. That was the impact you had locally, was the people in your neighborhood, the people in your church. You tithed every week to church. Like, that was where that happened. I don't know that that component is still there for a lot of us. And so where it was easy in the 70s and 80s to be like, well, I, I checked the local box, and now there's these kids who need clean water for three cents a day. Cool, let's do that too. Mm -hmm. Now we're still doing the three cents a day, and it's really easy to forget the local kids because that was always just a default before and it's not as much now no. i have no scientific data to back any of this theory up, <laughs> but anecdotally this is my theory well well but i i think i think you're right but and i think i think there's there's other opportunities but again i always go back to conversation when you don't talk you don't know where they are and i remember a couple of years ago we adopted a family who had a newborn and had just lost their home in a fire and were they were living in an um a, a um hotel and it was like mm -hmm. weeks before christmas so it's like okay you know we found out the sizes of everybody what ages they were we bought them clothes we bought we basically spent a couple hundred bucks to say here's christmas for your children mm -hmm. because you literally don't have the things that you need and you know we're couponers so when we get these things we take them to a local food bank or in like the case of this family we donated razors and deodorant and soap and things that they did not have mm -hmm. things that again you know having those be a given they didn't have it and so it's like here but you don't always have that but part of that is having that discussion to figure out maybe where are these places that it can happen but yes i do think that there was a place to where 
religion and the institution of the church did play a role of being a hub to figure out who needed something, who had lost a family member, who was aging and needed help to do whatever. So there was a probably, at least in some ways, more taking care of your immediate community because there was always somebody that said, you know, so-and-so needs this. And there was somebody that would step up. And now and this doesn't I happen. Think, yeah. Well, but I think this to sort of turn this around here. I think this is what's cool about social media. So a couple of weeks ago, a friend of a friend on Facebook had something happen. I'm not going to go into detail because it's a friend of a friend and I don't want to ever divulge any, any sort of confidences here, but it's a friend of a friend and she posted on Facebook, Hey, we need X amount of dollars. I do not have the money to pay for this, but there was like an, a family emergency kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The friend donated, so it showed up in my timeline. I was like, oh, it's a friend of a friend. Like, they had had this thing. Like, absolutely. And I donated 25 bucks. It wasn't make or break. It wasn't going <laughs> to – 25 alone wasn't going to change anybody's life. But enough of us came together that we covered the bill that needed to be covered um, to get this family through this emotional thing, this, this emergency. And, yeah. and they were – and so I think that's really cool is we have this piece coming back together through social and connecting us and things like GoFundMe and, and those kind of places. And it's just a matter of maybe adjusting the frequency in which we're listening to things and our awareness. Because when we start to consciously say, I'm going to be more aware of what I can do locally and what I can do within my circle or maybe just outside of my circle, we see the opportunities more readily and they show up as frequently to us as the three cents a day commercials do on TV. Um, or the animal one that I refuse to watch because it makes me cry every time it's on TV. And then my dog, mm-hmm. my husband wants to adopt another dog. And I'm like, no, the inn is full. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but looking at where, you know, where our awareness is, I think is a, a game changer for this kind of thing. Because it does. It allows us to shift our perspective and, and be more open to seeing those opportunities to where we can do things locally. Agreed. Absolutely agree. So again, I think that being able to shift your support to being more local, which also to me says that you're having more awareness around what is going on locally and how you can um, extend your reach of support within that circle before you decide to outsource all of it. It's fine to outsource, but again, kind of taking care of home. But it also, I think there's that huge benefit of just being aware of like what is going on around me versus I'm only going to stick to my bubble. Just like you said, like, oh, 45 minutes away. Like that's that's not my thing. So mm-hmm. having that awareness is huge. So for you being someone that did that, I want you to kind of, you know, send everybody off a little bit by giving them some ways to have awareness. Like, where do you start if you have somebody that's like, okay, I want to do this, but I'm also like, dude, this feels like an insurmountable thing. Like, how do I even begin to vote locally with my dollars and show that I am aware of who can truly benefit from what I can provide? So for starters, for me, it started with my commercial money, not my nonprofit money. It seeped into my nonprofit money after I had gotten awareness of how I was spending my money on things like food. Like there are are restaurants I don't go to, there's stores I don't buy from. Um, And when I started being really conscientious as how I was investing my money, for lack of a better word, for pleasure, um, Mm -hmm. because obviously sometimes it's like 
where I have to buy my groceries, which is less. Like, for example, mm-hmm. I have not been, I have not stepped foot in a Walmart since 2009. Wow. You're not missing anything. It's been years for me, but yeah, you're not now. I, I know. I'm, mm-hmm. I, and what's funny is my grandmother worked at Walmart. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I knew. Um, so I haven't like, and I, I should add that I pass no judgment on anyone who does. That's your prerogative. Um, but that's where it started for me was being really aware of where I was spending my money at all and what that meant. And, you know, you see these signs in entrepreneur groups a lot about, you know, buying local means instead of buying a CEO, their third boat, you're putting a little boy through dance class or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's kind of crap because <laughs> I would like three boats. Um, and B, I don't care how they spend their money. <laughs> like, but for me, what, what really shifted was where can I spend my money on companies that are running the world the way I want the world to run? And so that was the first step for me. From there, it was being willing to do the work, which by the way, is just really Google. Um, to find local nonprofits who have actively are actively doing the work that I care about. Uh, so for me, I donate to a lot of women's focused organizations, um, domestic violence charities, things like that. Women and kids are kind of my thing as far as as nonprofits. It comes down. It, I don't know why, but that's where it sort of works out. Um, and so it was, it was Googling. It was literally doing the work. The cool thing is, is more and more nonprofits are getting their act together when it comes to this online stuff. So this work is literally easier than it's ever been before. Um, but knowing, hey, I'm willing to spend an hour or two going down the depths of Google. Mm-hmm. Um, also, for me, as a female entrepreneur, I go to a lot of female-focused entrepreneur networking things. And generally speaking, there's somebody there who runs a nonprofit. Ask them questions. Mm -hmm. Ask them about organizations. Ask them about the impact they see other organizations having. Here's the cool thing is most people who run nonprofits or are involved in nonprofits know other people involved in nonprofits and are absolutely willing to tell you, yeah, there's absolutely a nonprofit that does this thing that you care about. Go talk to these folks because they're all, they're all, you know, trying to have a good impact there doesn't tend to be no i won't tell you about them because then you won't donate to us mm-hmm. um, and so start having conversations start looking around start having that awareness but i will say for me this the sort of switch the lever in my brain <laughs> was looking at where i was spending my for-profit dollars because that's where i started getting really aware about what my money meant to someone what impact my dollars could have. And that awareness sort of rolled into me being aware of how every dollar I spend. And, and now it's even inside of my companies. You know, who are we hiring? What organizations do our companies support? Where do we volunteer our time and our services? Um, what companies do we hire? What organizations and coaches and resources do I invest in? Um, because I, I, I want to be aware of what the impact is of every dollar I spent. 
I don't know if that answered your question. No, it absolutely does. Because I think that it's, it can be too easy to just say, oh, I'm going to ask someone. And while I don't think that that's bad, I think that there's um, value in doing the research yourself so you can find out what connects with your particular ethics. What is, you know, what are the values that you have that you would want these places to be able to um, actually support? Because somebody else can give you um, a suggestion, but you still have to go back and do the work to figure out whether or not it's aligned with you. There's plenty of great causes. That doesn't necessarily mean that maybe that's the cause that you choose to invest in at that particular moment. So I think that understanding that doing the research on your own is is a huge part of how you connect with it, but then really understanding the value of starting where you can. So again, you know, how you do the smallest things, you know, are, are you choosing the, the, the local versus the chain? You know, are you choosing to invest in, you know, this person that is doing this versus giving it to the uh, corporate you know, monster, so to speak, that maybe does the same exact thing. So figuring out kind of the levels and layers of it, because I think it takes time to figure out where are these different places that you can make that impact and you can make that change. But simply saying, all right, I'm going to start by going to this taco joint versus Taco Bell, which I'm sorry, nobody needs to be going to Taco Bell. No judgment, but that just makes my stomach hurt thinking about it. Just say, <laughs> I find it delicious if I'm really drunk. <laughs> And that's a whole so another really altered state. Thirty in the morning. That's an altered state. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same. So, so literally finding that local place versus the chain, and even just starting there, and in just ultimately boiling down to what am I investing in? Am I am I investing in people? Am I investing in a cause that I feel good about? And you'll, it'll snowball. At least to me, I think it, it's, it's an easier thing to do than to be like, I got to do all the things at one time. Well, and, and I'll add to that, you know, part of the reason I think that mine so started with that consciousness of where I was spending my dollars that I had to spend, like groceries and things like that, um, was because I didn't have a ton of money to be investing in and sharing and and giving to a nonprofit. I just, that, that wasn't money that existed in my bank account at the time. And so that was how I could have an impact even then. Um, it's, you know, it, (laughs) now I'm going to sound really crazy, but like, it's why I don't like when we have stuff to donate, it doesn't get donated to Goodwill Mm -hmm. because that's not where the things we're donating can have the biggest impact. I have a very quickly growing boy. And so if I can take those clothes that quite frankly look brand freaking new, mostly because I just freaking bought them, um, <laughs> but he's grown out of them and I can donate those to a shelter or mm-hmm. I can donate those to um, a, a organization that is, you know, giving kids, you know, homeless kids clothes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then that's the impact I want to have. I think just being super freaking aware of what you're doing, impacting other people, would help the world in so many ways right now. Um, and when you when you have that awareness, you will see so many opportunities. But you just made a huge point in that I think a lot of people have the misconception that donating or supporting a cause automatically means that you need to have disposable income in order to do such. And that's not necessarily what that means. So thank you Mm -hmm. for bunking that. That was, that's huge. No. And even still, you know, one of the things that, that I'm conscious of and I, I'm really make an effort to do is, is donating my time. 
Um, it's not something we talk a lot about. It's not, it's, maybe it's something I should, but I, I don't, um, you know, whether it's helping nonprofits from a social perspective and like literally just using my expertise to help them. Um, or, you know, a lot of the, when you donate toys to like toy drives and stuff, like all those have to be sorted and wrapped and blah, 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 blah. Like we drop those off at the mall. <laughs> we're like, okay, we're done here. No, like there's like six more steps mm-hmm. after that. Um, and so like, look at your time, look at everybody and their brother is, you know, looking at if their socks bring them joy or not. If they don't bring you joy and you're getting rid of them, think about where you're dropping them off. Agreed. Absolutely agree. So no, you were extremely, you know, helpful in just kind of, again, that whole, like, you don't have to have disposable income to make an impact. I, like, I feel like that was one of the hugest takeaways there because it's so easy to think, oh, well, I can't do anything. There's always a way. It's just, what's yours? Well, and I come back to this idea and, I, and I, I keep meaning to say this and I haven't yet, it can feel insurmountable to do this kind of work. So like have a real impact to actually make a difference. You know, when you look at how many hungry kids there are or our homeless population, um, especially amongst like veterans and things like that, when you look at that, it can feel like impossible to even put a ding in that problem. But if each of us takes a tiny step, if each of us is really paying attention to the impact we can have, that's collective. That, that grows. That, that creates a huge impact. And I also challenge you to think about all the tiny things that some stranger has done for you over the years and the impact it had on your day, the impact it had on your life. You know, handing, one of the things we do a lot is there's a huge homeless population where I live, a humongous homeless population where I live. And so I, I try to keep like a little, we call them ditty bags, but basically like toothpaste, toothbrush, pair of socks, those kind of things. I try to keep little ones and like that I'll give them to people as I see them. Like those kind of moments can be hugely impactful for somebody. Maybe that's how somebody gets to like clean up enough that they can go ask for help. You know, brushing their teeth gave them the confidence to walk into one of those support centers where they can help them find a job. Like it doesn't, you don't have to solve the whole problem. You just have to be aware of it and start making steps in the direction you want the world to go. And that's the whole thing, not trying to bite off the hugest chunk. What's the, the saying? Like you, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Like you don't have to try to fix all the things. This is what I have access to. This is what I'm going to chip at today. And And this is why voting with your dollars in the commercial stuff you're buying, Mm -hmm. buy groceries. I like to go to the farmer's market because I care about the farmers in my community. Now I'm not saying I don't also go to the grocery store. I like canned goods as much as the next girl. (laughs) Like. (laughs) I like being able to throw the frozen veggies into the wok as we make fried rice as much as anybody else, right? It's not, it's not either or, it's and. And so looking at where you're already spending money and the impact that that has is a really easy place to start. And it so often is forgotten. It's why I will not shop at certain stores because I don't like how they treat their employees. It's where I won't sh- eat at certain restaurants because I don't like the way they treat potential customers. Like that 
is a huge impact too. That's how we make a difference in how employees are treated or equality amongst patrons of a restaurant. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. look at those things because they're easy. They're really not that complicated. Now I I have yet to miss Chick-fil-A. To be fair, I didn't eat at Chick-fil-A before, but I definitely don't now. Like, because they don't align with my values. Yeah. But that's, but that's the whole thing. Figuring out, what does and doesn't align. And maybe that means figuring out first, what are those, you know, values? Mm -hmm. Like, what are those things that you're like, yeah, that's a non-negotiable. Like you can't go against that with me. Absolutely. So yes, huge. Okay. So before we hop off, I want you to tell people where you are online, what you have going on and where they can find you. Because if, they have questions. I do want them to come and reach out because, you know, we, we love Instagram, but I want them to kind of know that, <laughs> know that they can come and seek you out and have that dialogue with you. So on social, I'm the Stacey Harris. Stacey is spelled with an E uh, everywhere all, in all the places. Um, and you can find links to everything I do over at thestaceyharris.com. I'll warn you right now, none of my nonprofit stuff is there because I don't <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> so I really feel bad about it now. I feel like maybe I should talk about it. Um, but yeah, if, I, I'm absolutely happy to continue this conversation, um, argue, debate, whatever. I think it's important to have that that conversation and I think that you've kind of given people some things to think about and you've let them know that it's it's not as unreachable as maybe they thought it was so that's awesome thank you Stacy. I'm so glad that you came on with me today of course thank you for having me I'm excited that you have a podcast yay <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we'll be back Pause on the Play is one iteration of how we use conversation to create connection. Our one-on-one calls is another. This is where you can get support on how your beliefs and values around diversity, equity, and inclusion are showing up for your business, how you vote with your dollars, how you are sharing your message to let people know that you curated a space with them in mind, that you want to talk with them and hold space for them to have a seat at the table. Hop on over to ericacorday.com today and register for a complimentary tea time chat. These are our connection calls so we can hop on, discuss your needs and create a plan of action that's personalized for your brand to further its evolution. The conversations we have here are to normalize the challenging things and make them a part of your normal exchanges. This is how we remove stigma and create real change in connection cross lines and recreate boundaries to support not separate if you enjoyed this podcast show me some love by subscribing sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review reviews are the fuel to keep the podcast engine going let's get more people dropping the veil and challenging their thoughts feelings and actions Speaking of keeping it going, if you don't already follow and engage with us over on Instagram at Erica Corday, come on over there and do that. I really want to talk with you, so DM me and let's do this. I love being here and creating the bridge for you to walk over to become the change that you want to see. So join us next time, and until then, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. 
From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?